You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, a 3-0 in scrimmages edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans scrimmages are concluded, going 3-0 and with a big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to talk about this game to start off the show. It'll probably bleed over into the second segment, and then I'll give you a couple just general three-game scrimmages thoughts. And then we're going to touch on some bubble news around the league. We did an informal, well, not an informal poll. We did a poll of our locked-on NBA hosts about most improved in all the end-of-season awards. We'll tell you where Ingram landed in that in the most improved race, and we can mention the other awards as well. So uh, this can be fun because the Pelicans look good, and let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. All right, the Pelicans have now concluded the scrimmage part of the NBA bubble. These technically are showing up as uh, preseason games on the NBA.com slash stats website, but they did it with a pretty emphatic victory. 124-103 over the Milwaukee Bucks. They moved to 3-0. The Bucks moved to 2-1. This is a battle of two 7-0 in preseason scrimmage exhibition basketball teams. The Pelicans are the only one coming out looking 8-0 now, so that clearly means championship, right? Apparently, a lot of you thought I was serious on Twitter um, or Andrew Lopez on WDS you after I did a hit with Sharif too, uh, was having a little bit of fun there. I do not, as much as I'm going to make jokes about it, think the Pelicans are going to win a title this year, but that would be very cool. Anyway, this game was interesting. The Bucks came to play and they came to try and win. And so did the Pelicans to an extent. They played their starters more minutes than they had played, but eventually kind of pulled everyone. Ingram only played 20 minutes. Nicolo Melli, who started, only 20 minutes. Derek Favors played 18. Drew Holiday got 23 and a half. Lonzo Ball got 23 and a half. It was largely left up to the bench mob to provide the energy and effort in this one, and they did. When the Bucks kind of got a little bit close with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, they put Giannis back in. There was no reason for him to be playing, but they wanted to win this one. And they put the rest of the starters back in. And the backups, the bench mob, got it done for New Orleans. That says something. The, the other two scrimmage games didn't feel like real NBA games. One, because there's no one on the Nets that's worth really talking about right now. And then the Nuggets, and I, I was on WWL radio before this game, you know, they were talking about the length of that roster. And I go, look, it's a weird roster that they're doing because they don't have a ton of guys. Now, if the Pelicans can kind of still stick it to a tall and a big team like the Bucks, then I'll believe in this a little bit more. They kind of did. This was... A tale of two Pelicans, particularly in the first half, New Orleans struggled. They were launching a lot of threes. That's what Milwaukee does to you. They make you shoot a lot of threes. The Pelicans took 28. They were 8 of 28. That is the Milwaukee Bucks defense. They are going to take away everything inside and make guys shoot threes and basically force you to miss with their length. Melly was 2 of 6. Ingram took 4 threes in the first half. was 2 of 4. That's fine. Drew Holiday, 1 of 3. Lonzo Ball, 1 of 4. J.J. Redick, 0 of 2. Josh Hart, 0 of 3. Each one more, 0 and 1. Nikhil, 0 and 1. And then Frank Jackson, who was a spark plug off the bench in this game, 
two of four, leads to eight made threes on 28 attempts. It's not good. But that's what the Bucks defense does. New Orleans was struggling to get any sort of other consistency and points scored in this one. And they were playing right into the Bucks' hand. And then the second half comes around. And, oh my God, this was a whole lot different. New Orleans got aggressive. After taking 28 threes in the first half, 19 in the second. And now they made 9 of 19. So that looks really good. That's largely aided, too, by J.J. Redick, who went straight up off in the third quarter. In eight minutes, seven minutes and 40 seconds, J.J. Redick scored 20 points in the third quarter. Four of five from three, five of six from the field overall, and six of six from the line. He got it going in that quarter and really started to spark New Orleans. Jackson Hayes was involved in all of this too, getting really in there, getting 11 points, three rebounds, and kind of playing in a bit of a two-man game with J.J. Redick. They were excellent in this. Uh, Frank Jackson chipped in 10 points as well on three of five shooting, going one of one from deep, and he got to the line four times, just taking advantage of the Bucks being a little bit lax. But they must have talked at halftime and came out looking like a very different team. They were attacking the Bucks starters. It's what you wanted to see out of this team. They're a good three-point shooting team. They have been all season long. They're fifth in three-point percentage. They're sixth in three-point attempts. Combine those two metrics, it's large volume and good three-point shooting. They can win some games because they're hot from three. If you're not hot from three against the Bucs and you're not that many threes, you're going to lose. So they turned it around. 19 threes is a lot, certainly, to take. But to go out and really try and score in other ways, that's very impressive with this Bucks defense. New Orleans was grabbing boards, getting out in transition, getting up and down the court, really trying to run, but most importantly, playing controlled basketball. They had 11 turnovers in this one compared to 21 for the Bucks, And it was really that defense in the second half that kind of sparked everything. They were getting stops. They could play that Alvin Gentry style of ball where they can get out and run and be a little bit more freeform than they would be otherwise in half-court sets when you're inbounding the ball from under the basket. This is what you wanted to see. The defense clamped down. They really stepped up in this one. They weren't great in the first half, but when you go out and outscore the Bucs 40-28 to 28 in the third quarter, when the Bucs are trying, all right, I'm going to believe in this team a little bit more. No, it is not enough to actually get me to be, bet money on the Pelicans or more than like a nominal amount of money to bet on the Pelicans to go and you know win a title. But... Still, there's more to take away from this game than there was in any other one. And I'm very excited by this. This is the Pelicans really kind of picking up where they left off. And they're doing this without Zion. We'll touch on Zion in the third segment, too. We'll give you the latest update from Alvin Gentry after the game and what David Griffin said to ESPN. So they've, this team is only going to get better when you throw Zion into the mix. It changes things, certainly. I don't know how good the defense is going to be during all of that. But certainly they're going to be improved right so I don't think we should just kind of wave off like a lot of people want to do a lot of this uh, these three scrimmage games don't read too much into it and think they're going to win a title but there's definitely takeaways here and we've seen a lot of it we've seen the defense kind of ratcheted up from what it was like during the regular season and they don't forget they were the 10th best defense during um, since Christmas day they've been the eighth best since Zion's returned there's a lot of improvement there, and you're seeing it. You're seeing Jackson Hayes be a much better defender. Derek Favors is healthy and anchors everything down low. 
You have so many other options for New Orleans to score that Drew Holiday doesn't have to expend a ton of effort on that end. He can kind of be Drew Holiday on the offensive side of things, not necessarily running the point, but more just being aggressive and attacking like he was in this one at times, particularly after New Orleans hadn't done all of that. And then he had a couple of possessions where he drove and broke down the defense. It's all what you want to see. They're carrying over the best things that they were doing during the regular season. Now into this time where you have eight playoff games essentially coming up. It's what you want to see. So let's keep talking about this game. Let's touch on the overall stuff from these three scrimmage games as well here in the next segment. Then I promise we'll get into Zion. You'll get updates there. uh, And we'll have some other bubble news. I have some thoughts on the Lou Williams situation, which I want to share on here, which I think is a little bit uh, against the grain on all of it. So that's all coming up here in just a moment. So before we get to all of that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast giving you Monday through Friday what you want to know about this team. There's a lot at stake for New Orleans coming up both in the short term and the long term, potentially too. We're covering it every single day. No one else is doing that. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review with a comment. It takes like 30 seconds. And also tell a friend. This is an exciting and a fun team. Get people on the bandwagon. It's not going away anytime soon. So let's touch on some of the individual play from this game and some of the things you're seeing from a number of these guys. I want to start with Jackson Hayes because... He looks not like a different player, but this looks just kind of like the natural evolution of him as a player in this game in particular. You're seeing really good defense from him. You're seeing pretty strong rebounding. He had had 17 points in this on 5 of 7 shooting, and his numbers should be high because he's scoring around the rim and he's not taking outside shots. He also got to the line and hit him pretty well. 7 of 11, you'd like that to be a little bit higher, but... You know, we don't need to nitpick things right now, but you're definitely seeing his growth as a player and you're seeing a lot more confidence to him. And I think that's really big. Don't forget, this guy wasn't supposed to be playing in the NBA this year. It was supposed to be a redshirt year for him. And we've seen him grow up kind of before our eyes, in a sense, if I want to wax rhapsodic here a little bit uh, about him, that the confidence is there. You saw that turnaround quick hook that he took. He never would have taken that during the regular season, but maybe this time away and just to focus on individual things, not just trying to stay in shape for the next game and going through practices, was almost a blessing for him. And you're seeing this for a number of the guys, too. We're expecting to see that from Zion, right? And you've seen it a little bit from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. His outside shot is not falling. He was 0 for 3 from deep. He was 3 of 9 from the field. But he's still being aggressive, still driving and attacking. And in this game, he cut down on the turnovers. Three rebounds, three assists, one turnover, along with two steals. That's good for him. You know, eight points is a little bit quiet for him on the night. But he was part of that lineup that outscored the Bucks. He was a plus 22 in this one. He's growing up a little bit too. Also, guy we haven't talked about really at all, Sindarius Thornwell, the uh, replacement player that the Pelicans have signed, has could earn a spot in the rotation. I think he's kind of the odd man out right now. But he has moments where he looks pretty decent. Is just a guy who kind of keeps the offense flowing. Like you just need to not play four on five on offense because you have someone who's just the, either the ball sticks in his hands, other things like that. He's like a nice fifth guy out there, I think, right now. The defense is pretty sound from him, I think. Uh, he's a decent rebounder. The shot wasn't there in this game. I don't know as much about his offense because we haven't seen it a ton. He could be a guy that like you don't hate is the fifth man in a lineup. Uh, in this game, Kenrich Williams also picked up another charge. Yeah, that's about right. He was tough on the boards. He was really aggressive. He had one offensive rebound in the fourth quarter where he just fought for it. That's what you want to see. You don't want the ball in his hands probably really at, at all. 
and the Bucks didn't respect it whenever he kind of did. But everything else he gives you is a useful guy out there. Um, it's a, it's somewhat similar-ish in a way to what J.J. Redick does, moving without the ball. The, the Redick shooting is amazing. We all know that. But you've got to watch how J.J. Redick moves without the ball, passing, then going, then popping back to the exact position he should be in. Just those smart veteran basketball things that he does and brings to the team is important. Alonzo Ball in this one had a very good rebounding night. Five boards from him. The outside shot wasn't there. Two of seven, but he's five of 11 from the field overall for 12 points. Three assists, five rebounds. He's been a very, you know, we, we already know he's a good rebounder. In the scrimmages, he's been a very good rebounder too. You've seen that. He has moments on the defensive side of the ball where he's perfect for this team. So I'm ripped the ball out of, I, I think it was George Hill, I don't exactly remember, out of his hands. And then just sprinted up the court, started a fast break that way. Perfect. Frank Jackson was great in this game in 21 minutes, five of nine from the field, three of five from deep, three of four from the line. Getting to the line for him is big. You know, at times he he's not the most aggressive, but he was more aggressive in this game, I thought, and it paid off with those trips to the line. 16 points for him on the night. Having that score off the bench is a needed, needed thing. Also, and then he just does a lot of things you really like. Brandon Ingram, we know he finished with 14 points on the night. Drew Holiday was much better in this one. He's a slow starter now that he's in the rhythm a little bit. I think you're seeing him play pretty well. Uh, And this was just a good game for New Orleans. The defense in particular in the second half, just kind of getting up for it for a very, very good Bucks team. That's what you want. That's perfect. Uh, And so I'm pleased to see what we're seeing from this team. This is a game that could have been waxed. By the Bucks, they they struggle against the Bucks. Every team struggle against the Bucks. They didn't. I don't know much more you want to see out of this team. They they were great in this one. So some things from the Pelicans during these three games before we touch on Zion. Some other bubble news. I'm going to talk about the Lou Williams situation just a little bit too. They're playing better than they were in the regular season. Take it somewhat with a grain of salt given the competition, and we'll see the real test against the Jazz on Thursday. I'm excited that we're that close to everything. But during this three-game scrimmage thing, they have a net rating of 21.7, an offensive rating of 112.5, defensive rating of 90.8. It's good. Keep in mind the teams that they played. They're playing exceptionally fast during this stretch. Um, So they're playing kind of their DNA, what they want to look like. They're frankly playing faster than they were during the regular season, which makes a little bit of sense given some of this, that everyone's a little bit fresh right now. But more importantly, they're really cutting down a lot of the turnovers too. That's going to be big. Their turnovers are down too from the regular season to now. Again, we don't know how much it all means, but it's worth noting that you're seeing them play a little bit more under control. And I think that's going to lead to some really good things. It's just going to make their offense even more scary. It's going to make the uh, things a little bit easier on the defense too. And if you combine it with a stud all-star in Brandon Ingram, a shooter like JJ Redick and then Zion and everything he does, you're seeing this team really, really step it up. Redick was kind of banged up going into the break. Don't forget that. He looked really good in this game last night. So I'm excited by what we've seen. I'm having some fun on social media with it, getting a little bit ridiculous alongside Sharif Ishak of WDSU. But why not? You know, the world's burning. So let's get kind of silly here with it all. But, you know, scrimmages are good. Now we're really going to see what this team is made of come Thursday. 
So Zion news coming up here in just a second. But again, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. I've also launched a newsletter. Bird is the word. The first edition went out on Monday which was pretty cool to do. We've got a bunch of people who subscribe. So if you did, thank you. If you're interested in subscribing and just getting some Pell's news in your inbox, first thing Monday morning, that's going to take you all of like four minutes, three minutes to read. If that, just go to pelsnews.substack.com. It's free. You don't need to pay anything like a lot of newsletters are. This is just something fun that I want to do because I enjoy writing. So go to pelsnews.substack.com. All right, your daily Zion update. And we've got two different ones that are a little bit conflicting, but it kind of leads to the same thing. So first and foremost, the Pelicans are not going to commit to Zion playing on Thursday. It's likely he will, let's be honest, but I think they're just being very careful and cautious with the wording and the phrasing, managing expectations like they've done with him all season long. I think they've been a very, been very careful with this since they missed the original timetable for his return during the regular season that they've set, and they're not going to kind of set themselves up for any sort of backlash with it. Frankly, from a PR standpoint, smart. So they didn't commit to anything just yet. David Griffin spoke to Malika Andrews of ESPN, and Andrew Lopez mentioned this as as well of ESPN that, you know, he's going to be out of quarantine sometime tomorrow around four or five. He'll practice on Wednesday and then they'll see if he's good to go come Thursday for the game. They'd said he got in some light work while he was gone, but certainly not anything like the practices that the team had been going through. And we've talked about how tough and difficult those practices have been. They're not just kind of like doing minor things. They've been playing five on five and getting up and down the court. JJ Redick had a great line about this too in his post-game media availability when he said, you know, when the uh, Alvin Gentry said they weren't trying to treat this like preseason, he goes, we went through 10 days of training camp. Of course, we're treating it a bit like preseason or we shouldn't have done that because no one wants to go through something like that. So he'll practice on Wednesday and then they'll see kind of evaluate him. Alvin Gentry, after the game last night, said he'll practice on Thursday. I'd said in yesterday's show that if he's out of quarantine and the Pelicans have a night practice and some of these practices have been like 7 or 8 p.m. our time central here. Well, if he's out four or five, he can go to a practice. They said he had a yoga mat and some workout equipment delivered to his room. They weren't sure if he got like a stationary bike or something like that. So they're not exactly sure what his cardio is, but he's going to get some work done. He's going to go through at least one practice, if not two. I would assume if he goes through two, and this is a guess and speculation on my part, he'll be fine. I don't know if this is that big of a thing. And I think they're just kind of downplaying this to manage expectations. Now, he's only going through a four-day quarantine, which is different than the quarantine that Lou Williams is going through. He's going through a 10-day quarantine right now after being away from the team on an excused absence similar to Zion, basically the exact kind of similar situations. We don't know what Zion's was. There was a death in Lou Williams' family, and that's why he left to go to the viewing of it. And then he went to his favorite restaurant in Atlanta. And that restaurant happens to be Magic City, which is apparently a well-known strip club out there. He was there. He was wearing a mask in the picture that we saw, which Jack Harlow, a rapper, tweeted out. And phew, Jack Harlow didn't handle that well. Uh, and what's interesting about this is it, they gave him a 10-day quarantine for going out to eat. That's kind of what it is. He's openly spoken a lot about, and I believe him on this, that Magic City has his, is his favorite restaurant. They named a wing sauce after him there. I've seen a picture of him. It actually looks pretty good. I think he was legitimately there for the food. 
I think that's just kind of what he does and that's his place and that's where he likes to go and he likes it. So while you're in town and you're not going to be there presumably for a long time, why not go? Now, we don't need to mention the fact that they have curbside pickup, but still, he's going out to eat like maybe Zion did at some point. I'm not saying Zion did. I don't know, but you guys get the larger point of what I'm saying. And if he's been testing negative every single day like Zion did and he's going to continue to test negative in the bubble, say, over those four days, why does he need to be in quarantine for 10 days? And look, I'm in favor of the NBA being as stringent as possible with some of this stuff. But maybe it also speaks a little bit, just a little bit, to some sort of NBA bias towards Zion, which, you know what, I am all for. But I actually do think Lou Williams went straight for, uh, went to Magic City for the wings. I, I buy this. It's as weird as it sounds. Now, the NBA has to come down hard on Lou Williams. It's, it's an optics thing. A player leaving the bubble, then going to a strip club, even if the food's amazing, isn't a good look. You're going to encourage then players to potentially find ways to leave the bubble, go do something you know that they shouldn't, and then come back. I don't know if this is really a flaw in Lou Williams' character or a shot at him or anything like that, but it's not a good look, and I can see why the NBA came down hard. Hard in this case, basically missing these first two seeding games. He won't play against the Pelicans in game number two on Saturday. It's not ideal. Now, I don't know if it matters for the Clippers necessarily, given kind of the state that they're in and what their long-term goals are of this season. But if that was someone on the Pelicans, that would be potentially crippling. That's a really big deal. So I see why the NBA came down hard because otherwise it might really open the floodgates of players trying to do this. Now, if they know they're going to miss games and Lou Williams is missing something like $150,000 by missing these two games and game checks that come with it, Yeah, it's probably the right thing to do, even if I think it's a little bit hypocritical. But at the same point, to really keep the bubble safe, I don't think this is the wrong decision. And you know what? To go a little bit Homer-ish here, it's not against Zion. The Zion protocol full in effect in the NBA bubble. So this is kind of cool to see all things kind of pointing towards New Orleans with it all. So I don't fault Lou Williams for doing it. Go do your thing, man. Um, And go eat those wings. I've seen a picture. They look good. I won't lie. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Just search Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.